comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No Netflix, no iPads, no Instagram, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. TV podcast episode 95. I'm Jordan from Jersey, joined tonight by Russ and Jim. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. And we're joined by a special guest tonight, Mr. Aaron Newarth from Out Now with Aaron and Abe. How are you doing tonight, Aaron? I am doing wonderful, Mr. of Jersey. <laughs> it's from Jersey. Get it right now. No, I'm out. Okay. <laughs> hey, it's, it's great to be back. Yes, it is. And tonight we're going to be talking about something we've been meaning to get to for a while, and that's Walking Dead news. We've been a little bit busy over with uh, Los Podcast Hermanos, where we're talking about the final season of Breaking Bad. And of course, you can find that at hhwlod.com. Uh, so that's taken up a little bit more of our time than usual as we talk about uh, one of our favorite shows on television. But tonight we're finally going to get back into it. We're going to talk about all kinds of Walking Dead news for Season 4, stuff from San Diego Comic-Con, clips they've been posting online, the trailer, some toy news, some credit card news even, and uh, different interviews with Robert Kirkman, all that kind of fun stuff. We're going to have a contest. We're going to talk about the Blu-ray and there's all kinds of fun stuff we're going to talk about, like I said. But before we do that, gentlemen, who is our sponsor tonight? Our sponsor for the Walking Dead TV podcast is Discount Comic Book Service. That's DCBService.com. you still got a little bit of time to get your August orders in. Uh, they will accept late orders, so typically orders are due at the end of the month. But if you're like me and you wait until the 5th or the 6th, um, they are fully happy to take that. Um, if you have any additions or changes, just email them. Um, at customer.service at dcbservice.com, and they'll be happy to take care of you. Uh, some of the things to highlight this month are Walking Dead number 115 for a 40% off at $1.79, so that's a, a great a great buy. They're also doing a 10th anniversary number one issue for $2.99. Again, that's, that's 40% off of, of that issue. Um, they are re- uh, releasing the Governor special that they they solicited out a few months ago. That's also a dollar seventy nine. Uh, has some uh, new material and then some reprint material from his first appearance. They're also doing a Tyrese special, uh, and that's a new solicit this month, which I think again has some reprint material and then maybe one uh, new story to it. So you might want to check that out. Walking Dead magazine, I think it's number six. Is going to be out. That's twenty five percent off at seven forty nine. Um, and just to let you know, all the Marvel and DC, if you're a superhero guy, uh, all the Marvel and DC trade paperbacks and hardcovers are fifty percent off. So huge uh, savings by ordering ahead over at DCBService.com. Also check out their digital side. 
uh, where you could order your digital comics through Comixology and earn an extra 5% off of your print publications. Uh, and don't forget to use the code WD8 for an extra 8% off if you're a brand new customer to Discount Comic Book Service or if you have not ordered in the last year. So please use that code. Check out DCBService.com. And we thank them for their support of the Walking Dead TV podcast. Absolutely. And uh, Jim, I believe we're also sponsored by another organization this week. Who would that be? Pittsburgh Comic Con is uh, what my good friend from Jersey, see I got that right, is referring to. We, once again, the uh, HHWLOD Network, along with Action Lab Entertainment, are sponsoring the trivia contest for five years now running by yours truly, Mr. Jim Dietz. I'll be your quiz master. Consider me the Billy Quiz Boy of the world of comic books. Um, It'll be Saturday (laughs) at noon in the big hall. Come on in and win a big haul of prizes. It's winner take all. Uh, Again, prizes uh, brought to you by Action Lab Entertainment, the HHWLOD Network, and uh, Phantom the Out of Comics. Uh, it'll be at Pittsburgh Comic Con, uh, September uh, 27th, 28th, and 29th at the Monroeville Convention Center here in Pittsburgh. Uh, if you are a, an LOD listener, there is also a, a party for our Facebook group listeners, Geek Throwdown. Uh, it's kind of a legendary party around Pittsburgh Comic Con time. Uh, so if you're interested in that, follow us on Facebook and get the details there. But uh, September 27th, 28th, and 29th, Monroeville Convention Center on Saturday the 28th at noon. Come on down and test your comic book trivia knowledge against uh, my notebooks and notebooks of trivia questions and uh, win a big giant pile of prizes. A lot of really cool guests this year at the Comic-Con. Jim Steranko is going to be here. Talent Caldwell, Sean Gabarin, a lot of really uh, great uh, artists here. Uh, they're going to be there. A lot of really cool comic book people. Last year, I know we had uh, uh, Chandler Riggs uh, from The Walking Dead. They're not, not that lucky this year, but we will be doing the uh, the customary uh, zombie walk for charity for the Make-A-Wish Foundation through uh, historic Monroeville Mall, where the original Dawn of the Dead was filmed with cast members and crew members from the movie. Um, it's a tradition here at the Pittsburgh Comic-Con. So that's uh, the 27th, 28th, and 29th uh, Monroeville Convention Center. Come come hang out with Longbox HHWLOD. We will be there. Or I will, anyway. Nice. That sounds awesome. I want to go to that. I'm flying over. Come on down. Well, before we talk Season 4 news, we should probably talk up uh, the last little bit of news from Season 3, and that is the Blu-ray and DVD sets are out. So, Aaron, I know you have the Season 3 Blu-ray. What did you think of the set this year? Uh, yeah, I um, I purchased the Season 3 Blu-ray. I, went for the, I didn't go for the super expensive head aquarium awesome case thing with led lights and all that i just i just didn't just didn't feel like putting putting all that money in there you actually can put water in there i was like that's the coolest thing if that ever goes like amazon they repackage and they're getting rid of it and it goes super cheap i am totally going to get one of those <laughs> it uh, it's bigger than i thought i saw it i was like wow this is yeah big. it's huge but i went for the uh, the fancy steel book case from from target i believe yeah, yeah that's where i got it and um as far I mean, the you know the show is what it is. We we all know this. We've talked about it. But going into like you know the special features that come with it, it's pretty decent. I would say it's it doesn't seem as packed as the previous um, seasons. And um, like you get you get a few audio commentaries. Um, you get like a helping of featurettes, and then you get some deleted scenes. It just feels like a little bit more slight than um, the previous season than just other shows in AMC. I I certainly you know I, it's a it's a it's a solid Blu-ray. Like you're getting the whole show. It looks great on Blu-ray. I mean. DVD is good too, but Blu-ray just—it's a really. We we all know how cinematic the, the Walking Dead can be, and so watching it on in this for at home and just seeing it 
full just picture quality and sound and all that it looks fantastic and then you, you know you get a good helping especially if you, like, I, I love audio commentary so getting a few on the episodes is fine the deleted scenes um there's there's some neat ones there's one that i think a lot of people have seen at this point because it's on they've been online it's with um carol and merle and it just it, it's these little character beats that i can see why they're like taken out just for time or what have you but there there's some there's some good scenes there. there's another one with lenny james from clear it's kind of an extended version of what he already gave you and then you know the featurettes is just like goes over like hey this is how we made the michonne versus governor scene this is this is the arc of carl this season they just kind of go over the different characters and it's there's some neat stuff in there it, it's just i think the set the second season had like it had the webisodes which we didn't, we didn't have any this season to really put into a blu-ray anyway and it had um had more deleted scenes just because I because we I think we know that season two had some troubles to begin with, but it's yeah it's for overall I think it's a it, it's certainly I mean if you're gonna purchase The Walking Dead nothing's gonna stop you regardless but there's yeah there's a good a nice selection just not like the the ultimate selection that I could would have hoped for for you know AMC's most popular TV series. Now, how many episodes do you get commentary tracks for? You get them for let's see, looks like four or five. Not on some of the ones I would have liked either. Like I would have liked loved one on Clear, my favorite episode from the season, and it's not on here. And how many discs is the collection? It's five discs. The fifth disc being the bonus disc. So the, the gotcha. you know, the four discs having all the episodes, and the fifth disc is all the featurettes and deleted scenes, and then the commentaries are obviously on the various discs that they're on. And you were saying you had learned something from one of the uh, special features about the Michonne versus Governor fight that you did not know. Oh, yeah. Um, Robert Kirkman was responsible for suggesting Michonne should have her head smashed into the aquarium. He was kind of on set that day and suggested that. And Glenn Mazzara said, yeah, that seems like a good idea. Actually, we'll, we'll go for that, which I found just kind of fun. That's fun. Also fun is seeing the the, um, the, the governor and Michonne are like fight. There's like just like B-roll footage of them fighting. And then you see like the little girl that's playing his daughter or like a stunt person or whatever, just like kind of sitting in the corner watching this happen, which is which is entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> and Nicotero, like uh, Greg Nicotero, is like showing her how to like re- how to like make faces and stuff with her zombie makeup before the sword goes through her mouth. I mean, there's the featurettes are fun, especially especially like the zombie gore featurettes. Like that's fun stuff to watch because Greg Nicotero, he's a fun presence and he knows how to kind of show you the gooey things that he wants people to see on camera. Right, right. One other thing that's not really season three news, but it is season three adjacent is uh, McFarlane Toys will be releasing a new version of their Daryl action figure, and this one's really cool. They've uh, they've had the 5-inch action figures before. You've probably seen them. You may own a couple. They're going to be releasing a 10-inch deluxe figure of Daryl, and he will be the first one. There will be other 10-inch deluxe figures as well um, with the the suggested retail price of thirty four ninety nine. so you probably won't see it that high anywhere. It'll probably be more like uh, 25 or 30 But this 10-inch Daryl figure is awesome-looking. Uh, it's Daryl, exactly as you saw him in Season 3. He's got his leather jacket, he's got his crossbow, really nice sculpt, really nice details, and a removable poncho, you know, the, the man with no name poncho, if you will, that he wears for parts of the season, comes with it as well. Like I said, it's removable, so you can have him in that, you can have him in just the uh, the biker jacket. It is a really nice figure, though. It's super detailed. It's very similar in detail to almost like, a Hot Toys or, you know, maybe like a Gentle Giant or something like that. I mean, obviously it doesn't have as much articulation and and as many accessories as that. But for what it is, it's a, it's a pretty detailed looking figure. Yeah. I, I just wish the show would skew younger with the toys and have like a prison play set and an, R, you know, an R, yeah. RC RV and RC motorcycle with a detachable Daryl. Like these, these would just be fun things to have. You could have a Walking Dead themed operation. <laughs> don't wake the zombie 
Well, what about Lego Walking Dead? I mean, you get the pieces fall off of the zombies as they walk, and you know, a little Lego Carl with his hat, you know, that comes on and off, and uh, Lego walk- Lego Herschel with a leg that you can take off and off and on. You know. Walk 'em, sock 'em, robots. <laughs> the uh, Walking Dead Lego uh, prison playset would be all kinds of awesome, with little like right. trap doors and. Uh, all those little things. I, I bet you someone's probably made one of those just it, as it a... It comes with a special Ghost of Lori minifigure. <laughs> <laughs> that was another uh, deleted scene they put online from Season 3. was Correct, an extended yes. version of uh, the the final Lori... I think it was the final one anyway. Lori and Rick meeting where they kind of meet on that bridge over the little lake outside the prison. And in this version, unlike in the TV show, she turns into a zombie at the end. Yes, and it's it, It's kind of in, like, peak Rick freaking out phase. That's where it kind of takes place. And, yeah, it's... I assume it was Sarah Wynn Callies that was in the makeup, and, like, she, they really went to town on making her look like a like a, a zombie in that one. They, they, didn't, they didn't spare her any uh, prosthetics or what have you to, you know, just be like, hey, it's kind of zombie-ish. No, she's, she's full-on zombie in that scene, and it's a, it's a, pretty, it's, it's a pretty freaky scene, actually. The, the freakiest thing is that she's crying in the zombie makeup, and that is, for some reason, extra disturbing. Um, we should make it clear, though, that in terms of the story, like, even though this was cut, it's not that Lori was actually a zombie, it's that head Lori, if you will, the 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 apparition that Rick is seeing is the zombie, not that there's actually a zombie version of Lori anywhere, because uh, she got eaten, apparently, by that uh, one pregnant-looking zombie. Yeah, it was Glory, or, or Lori Juice, or whichever yeah, yeah. other nicknames <laughs> we came up with during the season. Yes, I've already forgotten most of them, but yes, uh, the, the, the fake Lori, faux Lori, Lori Juice... Like you said, not actually her. Last, last thing about the toys, I wonder when they're going to have a, you know, uh, Talking Dead Chris Hardwick action figure with a detachable microphone and Robert Kirkman guest guest toy. That'd and be the hilarious. couch and everything. That'd be pretty awesome. There's also a zombie Merle figure coming out that looks pretty good. There's a bunch of them. You can uh, see a lot of them on our Facebook group, the Walking Dead TV podcast Facebook group. Uh, we post most of those as they come out online. But th- So that's pretty much all the stuff from Season 3. Uh, let's move on to season four, if we will. Aaron, I know you were at San Diego Comic-Con this year, weren't you? I was at San Diego Comic-Con, correct, yeah. Did you get a chance to see the Walking Dead panel? I really wanted to. I missed out on the panel. The Walking Dead was in Hall H, which is the most popular hall, and that was... That was a very busy day. It was like that and Game of Thrones and a lot of other stuff in there, so I, I just I just missed it. Well, I have the whole rundown of everything that was said there, but before we get to that, they did release the trailer that they showed there uh, pretty much at the same time, maybe even minutes before they showed it at the panel. They released it online for everybody to see, which was very nice of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did everybody think of the Season 4 trailer? I like seeing Tyrese, like, he does, he gets into a moment where he's, like, just hammering off zombies all around, walkers all around him. I, I, just, I like seeing kind of that desperation in action. It's, that's fun. I've been, waiting, I've been waiting to see that since, I mean, reading it in the comic, you know what I mean? When I heard there was going to be a Walking Dead TV show, Tyrese is one of my favorite characters in the comic, and I just couldn't wait to see him go to town with that big claw hammer on some walkers. And now, finally, in this trailer, we get to, get to see some of that. That's awesome. I agree. For sure. And I, I, I like seeing kind of... You're getting an idea of where the season's going. It's, I mean, visually, it always looks fantastic. Like I've never, I'm not really suspect on like what they're capable of from a visual standpoint. I just, I just anticipate that action. But you know, seeing the the different groups kind of blending together, you get a very a, a neat kind of feel about that of how this is kind of working out with the prison still being in play and what have you. But I like that it doesn't give away too much. It just kind of gives you more of a tone for the season rather than like this is this this is happening and then this is happening and this is happening. And, so I like the, I like that I like that. 
at the end of the trailer, we get a teaser where several of our main characters are in a car as they're going on what appears to be a zombie run, where they were a supply run, where they go to a local store and uh, infiltrate it military style. And we see some of that at the beginning of the trailer in a very cool scene. They hear over the radio uh, some broken transmissions, and what comes across that you can hear is sanctuary, a pause, and then those who arrive survive. Now, we've all seen zombie movies, we've all read zombie books or zombie comics or seen various zombie things mm-hmm. or just various uh, post-apocalyptic things. Generally, when you hear a transmission like that on the radio in a post-apocalyptic type environment, it's not what it seems. Either that transmission has been going for years, sometimes almost 20, <coughs> like Fallout lost, 3, Fallout 3. Or Fallout 3. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, the parts you didn't hear are the parts saying those who arrive will not survive. Uh, this is not a sanctuary. Um, do, do you have any expectations for what they will or won't find following that transmission? Will that be our thread for the whole season, do you think? Is it a governor ploy? I doubt it's a governor ploy. I mean, that's a big speculation, but I doubt it's a governor ploy. This might be another, like, there's other human threats out there kind of thing. But um, I certainly agree with you. Yeah, you're not thinking, man, that's great. They finally found safe haven. He's like, nope, we probably should not. uh, (laughs) This is something to look out for. And again, that's one of the things where I'm like, you get a tease of it and opposed to, yep, this is happening kind of thing. It looks like the uh, prison's getting a little bit worse for wear. They have uh, some zombies getting inside the gates, inside one of the cell blocks even. The fences look like they're starting to fall down a little bit. It seems like, once again, they have somebody on the inside who might be purposefully sabotaging things. Certainly, you know, governor groupies, maybe doubtful, but um, you get a yeah, you get a sense that, yeah, you invite 30 odd people or whatever, however many that there are, and not all of them are going to be one of them's going to be could be a, a rotten apple. But if, uh, if, with the prison, do you do see you? I mean, these are brief shots of it, but you see them like kind of rebuilding the gates and what have you, too. Like they're they're certainly trying to fortify to make it a livable place for a much larger group of people than they began starting out with. It's easy for me to see that they could probably very well have a plot line on the along those lines though of a few governor sympathizers you know and that would set the table for his return which i mean we know is inevitable it's just a matter of when i hope they give him a rest though i mean he had a good run there and then uh, the last season i think you know if they they put that character away for a little while and bring him back later it's gonna have a lot more impact than using him you know all the time every episode ad infinitum now one of the few new characters we know about for season four is Lawrence Giller Jr. playing Bob Stuckey, and he is in the trailer quite a bit. Uh, Does he seem very suspicious to anyone else from that trailer? I mean, (laughs) I just kind of put my trust when you have actors from The Wire coming on to any TV show, so it's... I mean, you're, when you're adding new characters, yeah, there's always, obviously, you, you're doing that for a reason, especially when you have someone notable. So they're either going to do something that's rather heroic or actually be someone that's not who they seem to be. And, you know, if you're going to play around with various concepts to sh- make, keep a show interesting, sure. I mean, there's a good chance you could perhaps be on the dark side of things as opposed to, hey, I'm just here to help, guys. Right, right. He does give me that Axel vibe right off the bat where I'm just comfortable. <laughs> Except without the awesome mustache. Yeah, I just think it's, again, like Aaron said, and the fact that we get another actor from The Wire in uh, is definitely a good thing. I always liked... D'Angelo Barksdale's character from The Wire was kind of tragic in, in a way, uh, not not to give you know, away too, what, you know, too much of what happened, but he was kind of... A, he was definitely an interesting character, kind of the guy on the inside that 
maybe not didn't necessarily want to be on the inside, but was kind of forced to be on the inside and and just just in involved in some interesting circumstances. So I I I, I think Lawrence Gillard Jr. is going to going to do a really good job on uh, Walking Dead. One of the things that the trailer kind of gave me a vibe for it gave me much more of a like a Romero vibe than than even you know maybe maybe going all the way back to season one. I mean just that. The, especially like Dawn of the Dead, like when they go into that store, the convenience store or whatever it is, and, you know, they kind of, just the way it's shot, it looks real, uh, kind of really sharp. Uh, not a, it doesn't look like there's a lot of grain to it, you know? So it, I, 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 I'm really, I'm really curious as to see how the season goes because it, just b- based on that, that extended trailer that, that they showed, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of moving parts. It seems like we're kind of getting, Rick back to being like really paying attention to what's going on. He's, you know, he's investigating things. He's, you know, it's like his mind is back in the game, I guess is what I'm getting at. I I mean, I hope in terms of the Rick portion, I I hope so. I I mean, I'd like this. It's, you know, in relation to like the comic, which I love, Rick is a character that I I really love on that in within the comics. And it's, I think that's something to say in terms of having the lead character be the one that you actually enjoy the most in a, series of so many different characters which can be rare because sometimes the lead character can be kind of bland or what have you and the rick on this show andrew lincoln certainly giving it his all we can't no one can argue that he's not giving it his all but he hasn't been my favorite character mainly just because he hasn't been representing the same kind of rick that i've seen and we could be we could argue how effective he's been as the rick in the comic versus the rick that the show needs and how effective that's been and what have you but i mean i like other characters on this show better than rick but yeah seeing where this season could be taking him just in this small segment, it's nice to see. You know, he's got his head on his shoulders, and uh, I'll be interested to see how how he's evolved, how he evolves this season as a character, having given how depending on how much time has passed between the last season, how much he's evolved as a leader and dealing with the you know the various losses of Lori and other people and in his life and during this whole zombie ordeal. <laughs> We get a cool scene in the trailer with uh, Carol, who's teaching a bunch of young children knife safety, which I thought was a cool little moment. And it looks like there's a number of child characters, and I think you see a brief shot of one of them maybe holding hands with Carl briefly. It's hard to tell exactly who's who because of the way the the shot is shot, Uh, not to be too redundant there. But uh, do you think we might get to see some, maybe that Ben and, I think it was Ben and Bill, right, storyline from the comics shown in the TV show now that you have these these other characters i mean that was a really dark moment in the comics but a really cool subplot for carl and just to see how the zombie apocalypse affects children yeah i mean it seems that the i mean the the you know we used to I mean, those of us who read the comics kind of had a roadmap for where things were going but now it just seems like the the with the end of the third season beginning of the fourth it has diverged so far from the comic book storyline that you know we really have no idea you know i mean we might see parts of storylines like you said the ben and bill storyline or what have you you know down the road but every all the elements i see in this trailer i mean seem pretty pretty far off from the the storyline of the comic and i think that's great i'm so happy for that i'm glad it's not a literal uh you know word for word translation i'm glad that we're getting something new cuz then i don't know what to expect and i enjoy that so Right, absolutely. I agree. I agree with that sentiment for sure. That you're not there. I mean, there could we could still interweave certain things from the comic, but yeah, it is at a point where I don't know what arc it's going to like. You know, the prison arc is something very significant. There's a, a couple other arcs that I doubt the show will get to this season, based on where I am in the comic. Mean, I read the hardcovers, so I'm only you know I'm only, I'm only so far. But I yeah, I don't. I honestly don't know what 
this season could be tackling that relates specifically to the comics beyond you know a couple subplots that they might pay reference to or various characters that could come up or not. If that transmission leads to the Hunters, I will be a very happy person. One, <laughs> <laughs> well, two, there's a lot of things that happen after, you know, the, the events of the governor and what and how that all went down that happened in season three before it came to the end. So, yes, it, yeah, you were you were kind of in this weird spot where some of that stuff has already happened. They're staying in the prison, um, at least for the foreseeable future. I think I think all of the season, the plan is for them to be there. Uh, unless they pull some kind of switcheroo, maybe at the halfway point. But the fact that they're staying there, that they're they're building this community there, they're introducing characters that may or may not have been in the comic at this point. So yeah, I I, I agree with 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 you guys that the fact that it's going to be its own thing, that you know us us fans of the comic can kind of sit back and enjoy and watch and not really know what's going to happen. I think is is nice because you know. Game of Thrones is a perfect example, right? I mean, if you're reading the books, you pretty much know. I mean, yes, they have made some minor changes, but all the big beats are all there in in the show, and it's it's impossible not to be spoiled. And it's kind of fun knowing it's coming, but there's part of me that wishes I could go back and like unread that so I could be surprised with some of the stuff that that's going on. So the fact that we don't really have that with The Walking Dead, this is kind of this divergent timeline or whatever, uh, it makes me makes me happy. Yeah, at the same time, you know, the 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 pivotal dead wedding scene from The Walking Dead. Oh wait, that's not a that's not a thing. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that, that's yeah. what the transmission was. It was a wedding invitation. Exactly. The but yeah, I, I agree very much that I again, yeah, I like that we're not having we don't have like specific big beats to hit necessarily in the show from what it looks like it's going. And I also I I like to think that it gives the writers a chance to not be kind of beholden to the comic as much because they get to branch off into different sort of territory while having the approval of Robert Kirkman is, you know, obviously very involved in the whole, in the series and what have you. So it, it gives you, it gives them a chance to, you know, be creative. And as much as I had issues with some of the writing on the series, I'm still anticipating, you know, di uh, different ideas coming into play of how we can approach this, this series using these characters that are from a source material without having to be d devoted to said source material. And I like, uh, you gotta love the fact that Robert Kirkman gets a second chance to tell, uh, a different story, but with the same characters in the same milieu. You know what I mean? It's almost like, okay, that maybe the, you know, the comic was, uh, uh, take one, you know, and then this is like the more, you know, like another more refined version or maybe, you know, it's just, it's very rare that an artist gets to do that, you know, and get paid twice or whatever. It's like Dr. Manhattan choosing the left door or the right door, per se. Or, uh, Morpheus <laughs> offering the red or blue pill. So to jump back to Comic-Con in general and to the panel, like I said, I've got all the information here in front of me, so I'll try to pick out some of the more interesting things from what they said on the panel at Comic-Con. Uh, the characters in the prison, it said, might get a little comfortable, but then it's going to become a lot more dangerous at the prison. And then Scott Gimple, who's going to be the showrunner for season four, says the governor got a great deal of positive reinforcement for all the things he did before Michonne killed the zombie version of his daughter. And Kirkman said all bets are off with him. How he returns, when he returns, and what he's doing when he returns is going to be a really big mystery this season. And, I mean, I wouldn't – I would be – you know, I just like with Governor returning, it would ha have to be like like the, the – um, like right before the break in the middle, right? That seems like the best guess to me. Probably. I mean, are they going to be doing a break this season? Do we know? Yeah, they are. Yeah. They are? Okay. I mean, we do know that Season 4 will premiere Sunday, October 13th at 9 p.m., and Talking Dead will be on right after that at 10 o'clock this year. 
So we do know when it will be back, but I, I had not heard anything one way or the other on the break. So it's good to know that that will be the case. It's 16 episodes again. They got to do that. They can't. They're not going to have it during like. I think that's pretty much standard operating procedure for our AMC shows now, isn't it? It's like the eight and eight model. The, the eight for no. the first half, take a break. They do no. the Breaking no, Bad, and it's kind of half and half. I mean, Breaking Bad did it, but that was a weird situation. Walking Dead has done it twice now, but Breaking Bad before that was always thirteen, except for the first season and the writer's strike. Uh, Mad Men's always been thirteen. Killing's always been thirteen. Uh, I think Low Winter Low Winter Sun is thirteen. Hell on Wheels. Hell on Wheels is 13. Yeah. I mean, they're playing around with the format, and that's totally fine, but I wouldn't say it's their their standard operating procedure at this point. I think Walking Dead's just it's so popular that they're like, we can get so much out of this if we you know put in eight episodes now and then eight episodes later in the year. It's. I think the big thing, to be honest with you, with Walking Dead around that time is football playoffs and the Super Bowl. I think... I agree with you completely. Yeah, no, I think it... Yeah, that, that, I mean, because that's, that's where the break is, and, and you know, being a... Yeah, being a Sunday night show, you're, you know, you're not going to compete against the Super Bowl, and you're probably not going to compete too well with, you know, the playoffs, especially when you get down to, you know, NFC, AFC championships and that kind of thing. So I think that was more the motivation behind the split than anything, because it's what, like six or eight weeks, I think, is the is the split. I think that's so what it was this past year, yeah. It's from like yeah. What, the beginning of December to the midway through February or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was asked of the group at Comic-Con how Herschel's role will change as the conscience of the group in Season 4. And uh, Wilson, the actor who plays Herschel, said he really just wants to hold on to his other leg, so that got a laugh. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 like, I certainly like Scott Wilson. I like Herschel's, I mean, gen, I haven't thought about this in a while, Herschel's top three probably my favorite characters on the show so I, I hope he doesn't you know become too preachy and what he was a preacher <laughs> I don't, hope he doesn't become too preachy and um you know telling telling um rick how to how to watch his son and what have you and just continues being moral reasoning in a good way as opposed to um what's his name he died <laughs> dale. 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 dale sorry dale <laughs> yes dale yeah his i mean what we saw the trailer of uh of, of scott wilson as uh as Herschel seemed to be more general advice, advice for the group, kind of pep talky more than preachy, <laughs> which was good. More Obi Wan, got it. Yes, yes, yes. David Morrissey, the governor, said he's frequently insisted that the governor is not a bad guy, and that's that's absolutely uh, something he's definitely said many times. And Chris Hardwick replied that certain recent events might put a lie to that. But Morrissey took the character's side, and he said that he felt betrayed by his own people. He said, you just got to be on my side. If you're not on my side, you've got to go. That's that's how the character is approaching this. When asked before he started shooting season four, where did he think the character was going to go, Morrison said, we already saw some of where he's going to go in the season three finale, where the switch goes off in his head, and we'll be seeing him dealing with what that switch is in season four. <laughs> well, he's, he's, the, he's the governor, and he... he uh... Well, went down Crazy Street last with uh, with two guys in tow, so we'll see where that takes him. Yeah. Guess. Well, and then, too, there was like a bit of, I think everybody was taking it as a spoiler because allegedly he's cast in this new AMC pilot called Line of Sight, and so everybody's like, oh, that must mean he must die, and I I don't think so. I, I You know, I don't know if he's going to be, you know, A, if this new show gets picked up, if he's, if he's the, well, I guess he is the lead, but, you know, if he has a limited appearance in the walking dead but still stays a regular then i could see him doing both shows i mean especially you know a regular full-blown tv show has you know between 20 and 22 episodes these days 
you know, with The Walking Dead being 16, I think we pretty much know he's not going to be in every episode. And if yeah. this other show gets an initial, I know a lot of times with these first seasons for some of these shows, they get six or eight, ten episodes. Like sometimes they're yeah. they're they're short. Yes, like I think Will Winter Sun's only like eight or ten episodes this first season of it. Yeah, you know, Breaking Bad was set well seven technically. I think they played the first two kind of back to back, but it was like seven in the first, and you know, Walking Dead was six to start with. So. Um, I I don't think that necessarily that means anything. Although this is pure speculation on my part, I have no inside or outside knowledge of it. I don't see the governor as being a long-term character. Like I don't see, you know, season you know five, six, seven. If the show goes on that long, like he's he's still around. I I think they're gonna have some resolution to his character. You know, if not this season, then maybe next season. I'll uh, I'll piggyback off what you're saying and agree that I, I think the governor. I think that season four is the last that we're going to see of the governor. I can't see him like sticking around, especially because there's other things that the walking dead can do given if it does bounce back into what the comics have to offer. And that said, I mean, Dean Norris, he plays Hank on breaking bad. He's got eight episodes. He's in every one of them. He's also currently on the CBS show under the dome. So, I mean, yeah, actors can be on multiple things. Life will find a way as they say. Thank you, Mr. Goldblum. Colby Smulders. (laughs) Ah, yeah. With, uh, with how I met your mother and shield. Moving over to Daryl for a bit, Norman Reedus said Daryl was doomed to become kind of a mini Merle, and so he played him as someone who was embarrassed to be a racist and a drug user. But without Merle around, he can find the sense of self-worth they would never have found if the apocalypse never happened. He doesn't need the group for survival, but they are the family he never really had, and he knows that none of the characters are the same as they were in the first season. I agree with that for sure, and I almost like to think that Daryl... Because of the fan reaction, you know, we have obviously the Dixons, Vixens, and what have you, things like that. I'd like to think that that character has changed dramatically the most, probably, in terms of how they're writing that character and what they had plans for to do with him. And, I mean, I think you could have eased... Were he not to get the kind of fan base that he has now and, you know, had when he, you know, initially came onto screen, he probably could have been written very differently. He could, he could have been potentially one that would have, would have died in the second season, but because of how... Much people seem to love this character. They've probably I would not I would not be surprised if the plans they had for him changed dramatically over the course of this series, kind of retconning the character. Yeah, I I agree. They've definitely given him more to do as the seasons have gone on. So, and, uh, and that I mean that speaks to the, the popularity of the character. I mean that's the character that really resonates. I mean there are way more people in line to get Norman Reedus's uh, you know signature at cons than, than even Andrew Lincoln. You know. He's your hot solo. (laughs) Well, that brings us to an interesting news article where uh, the headline was, Kirkman says the fans will get Daryl killed. And uh, he says, I get a lot of hate mail every time I kill anybody in the comic, which always aggravates me because it's like, it's been a hundred issues. Don't you know this by now? What are you doing? But specifically about the Daryl thing, that fan reaction is going to get him killed. I mean, it's like a dare. Like, oh, really? You're going to riot? Well, we'll see. We'll see. No one is safe. Uh, he and showrunner Scott Gimple have also joked that if they were to kill a fa- and favorite ca- character, just to make a point, they probably wouldn't be quote-unquote safe either. We may be unsafe afterwards, said Gimple, and I mean physically. So, I mean, I don't think they're specifically saying they're going to kill him, uh, Dixon's Vixen's fans, but they are saying, you know, it, characters who are loved get killed off in the comic and in the show. It, it does happen. It's a big deal. It wouldn't be a Kirkman joint if somebody didn't die every few issues or a few episodes. I mean, even Invincible is that way, you know. It doesn't hurt to temper your expectations, I think, is what to what to take away from all of this. I mean, it's it's one thing to, 
kill off a main character, but it's another thing to kind of realize that these things happen. And while not out and out saying you're gonna, this guy's gonna die, I mean, telling someone to hey, calm down over there because the bad things could be afoot. I mean, it's a nice way to you know kind of make, make sure you're not you know putting too much into something that could inevitably end at some point. Plus, you know, when Daryl does inevitably get killed off, it's going to be an awesome death. He's not going to go out like a punk. Yeah. You know, Daryl will yeah. go down swinging. The only thing I'll temper that with is, in the comic book, it's wholly owned by Robert Kirkman. He can do whatever he wants and doesn't have to answer to anybody. You know, Image publishes that book, but, but they don't have any creative control over that book. With AMC, while he's, you know, a producer, executive producer, whatever, um, and he has a... a, a heavy hand in how the stories go if amc kind of sees it from a you know cash flow or cash cow perspective that a particular character's death would drive fans away or decrease viewership uh that may be a bit of a deterrent you know to killing that character off so you know that, that i think there's a little bit more of the economics come into play in the tv show than we could say for the for the comic they do for sure and it's the kind of thing where you just have to you have to you have to try to put that aside and think about the show as one that you like because of the characters and the drama and not because it's you know a cliffhanger mystery every right. week like I, i'm not watching the walking dead to be like oh who's gonna die this week let's do this i'm watching it because i genuinely enjoy watching these people or i enjoy seeing the zombie actions or what have like those are different those aren't necessarily my reasons but i mean that's how to take in the show i'd say to... well and the good thing because it's kind of it's it's not kind of. It is an ensemble cast. They do yeah. a pretty good job of bringing people in and then phasing people out. That over time, you know, it's it's a show where, you know, it, it's not unnatural for a big cast shift, especially when you compare like where you're at with season one and who's there, and where you're at at season five or six. Uh, you know, six seasons of TV is a long time, and especially for for folks that are used to doing more feature film type stuff. So, you know, the fact that one of them may decide to not re-up their contract or might want to go do something different or take a, you know, uh, you know, maybe a guest appearance kind of thing or kind of fade in and fade out wouldn't surprise me. And it also has the positive benefit of fitting into that show in the way that that show is run. So it's not an unnatural thing where, you know, I know some some TV shows you know, they either kill the character off or they, they write them out or, you know, they, they, they go through all these hoops and stuff. And I think the nature of The Walking Dead is is that it's the cast is pretty fluid. For sure, yeah. I mean, we had, you know, we had Shane has a, a big presence in the first two seasons and he's completely gone. Yeah, I mean, Lori is a big example as well. I mean, that's the wife of the lead character who you wouldn't suspect would, would you know, bite it when she did. I mean, that's something I enjoy about the potential of this series that I've always enjoyed about the potential of The Walking Dead as a TV series is that you'd get a cast that you'd you'd understand that there are certain characters that probably aren't going to go away, but that there's a supporting cast that is fairly expendable and that I think the show has made good on that promise regardless of how effective it's done. That That's a different story. But I mean, yeah, it's certainly a it's certainly a, an evolving cast that I, I can appreciate. Even the most popular character is only one contract negotiation away from being killed off on the show. <laughs> well, before we get to our next bit of news, and we do have a number of news things left, we have a contest this week. Russ, why don't you tell the fine people what we're giving away? We are going to be giving away a Blu-ray copy of the UA Bowl movie. 
It's called Zombie Massacre. And so we have a little bit of a description here. And it is, A bacterial weapon developed by the U.S. government to create an army of super soldiers spreads an epidemic, turning the citizens of a quiet eastern European town into mutated zombies. All citizens have become infected. In order to conceal the outbreak, a plan is hatched to detonate an atomic bomb inside the local nuclear power plant and pretend that a terrible accident has occurred. No one has to know the truth. But when a team of mercenaries is put together to carry out the mission, they must first wage war against the horde of monsters in order to succeed. Who will survive in this, in this zombie massacre? Presented by U.A. Bull, um, from In the Name of the King, Blood Rain, and various other video game adaptations. Uh, and from, <laughs> Those yeah. are the ones to bring up. I love that, yeah, I yeah. Love that part. In the Name of the King. <laughs> and don't forget Blood Rain. Yeah. Uh, and Marco Ristori and Luca Boni, the directors of Eaters. Um, there's a few bonus features on here. There's a making up featurette. There's a storyboard comparison. Uh, there's teaser and trailer. And if you would like to win this Blu-ray movie, you can do so in a very easy way. As you know, we had to recently redo all the feeds for HHWLOD.com, which means we lost all of our iTunes ratings and reviews. So it's very simple to win this Blu-ray. All you need to do is go on iTunes, go to the Walking Dead TV podcast page, and leave us a review. Now, you've got the, the ratings, which are the stars, and then you've got the reviews. We want reviews. We'd also like ratings. While you're there, please leave us one. Um, and for the next week, or until the next episode comes out, we should say, anybody who leaves a review will be in the running. We will pick one at random, and we will send you the Blu-ray. And if you've already left us a review for the Walking Dead TV podcast... Don't worry, just go to hhwlod.com's master feed and leave us a review there. If you've already done that for both of that, find one of our other shows and leave us a review and just email us to let us know which one you did, assuming you had already left one for The Walking Dead TV podcast. But for everybody else, just leave an iTunes review for The Walking Dead TV podcast. We're not saying it has to be a great or glowing review. Any review at all would be awesome. We need them, and we'd love to have them, and you will be in the running to win this Blu-ray free of charge. So it's really easy. Out now, out there, and Abe can certainly use them. Yeah, out now, out there, and Abe is a perfect example. Yeah, and a great show. And we thank the folks from E1 and FoundryCom for sending us this great giveaway that we could give to you all, listeners of the Walking Dead TV podcast. Very nice. So back to the news. We got a couple little things left. Anybody here use Visa? I do. Well, if you use Visa, like Aaron and uh, like myself and many, many other people, it's a very big company. Uh, I'm sure most people have a Visa of some type. Uh, you can now get Walking Dead-themed Visa cards. They have a number of them. They are available now. You can get them there with comic book art for the most part. Uh, I, at least all the ones I've seen are with comic book art. And they're pretty nice. You can get them a shown one. You can get one of... Rick riding into Atlanta or out of Atlanta on the horse. It's the same image from the cover to the Season 1 DVD. You can get just a group shot of Rick, Michonne, and some of the other characters. It seems to be in uh, zombie form, actually, on this card. That's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> Looking at these, yeah. These are pretty cool. Zombie version of Rick, Michonne. Um, I believe that is Andrea. Uh, who's the guy with the handlebar mustache from the comics? That's, um... Not Axel, but... The other one. Um, oh, God. The military guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like Zeke or something. It's, what is it? Uh, it might be a Zeke or Abraham. 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 There we go. It was something biblical. That, you <laughs> should remember Abraham yeah. uh, from Out Now with Aaron and Abe. <laughs> and a uh, character all the way on the left who could be Tyrese, but could just be a random zombie. I'm not sure. I think it's, um, what's his name? Lenny James, his character on the show. Oh, uh, uh. I'm terrible at the character names today, guys. I'm zombie breaking bad mode. I'm not thinking about Walking Dead. <laughs> Morgan. Yeah, yeah, same here. Morgan. 
Morgan. Morgan, yes. there we go, Morgan. Could be Morgan, uh, which would make sense because all five of those characters are together at a certain point in the comics. Not as zombies, uh, but it is a cool zombie variant. So if you would like your very own uh, Visa Walking Dead card, you can get that. Pretty cool. Other Walking Dead news, uh, if you are an Entertainment Weekly subscriber or you just pick it up off the rack at your local supermarket or something, for their July 26th issue, so it might be a little bit hard to track it down now, but they had three different Walking Dead covers. They had Rick, they had Daryl with the poncho on the motorcycle, it's a pretty cool cover, and they had a very nice Carl cover as well. Did anybody pick any of these up? Carl was smoldering on this coda. Yeah, yeah, it's a teen heartthrob. uh, Yeah, I can't wait, I need teen beat. <laughs> to beat up Chandler Riggs episode. Yeah, but so those were pretty nice covers. I, I did not pick it up. Uh, I think I have a issue of Entertainment Weekly somewhere with Lost on the cover, but that's about it. Not much of a magazine reader because it's 2013. This Daryl one's pretty good too. He's all yeah. The Daryl one's on, awesome on Chopper magazine over here. This is good. So a little bit of news about season four premiere, and this is a very mild spoiler. It's not even a spoiler. It's mostly just speculation. Um, but the season four premiere episode episode 401 is entitled 30 days without an accident so we can guess from that that there is at least a 30 day time jump from season three to season four probably more but we will see uh does anybody want to speculate as to what 30 days without an accident means is it actually referring to the prison is it referring to something completely different Obviously, they set up kind of a warehouse situation inside where they're manufacturing a certain good, and there's been lots of accidents as you do that when you you know use zombies to help you work in a manufacturing department. And so they've finally gone 30 days about having anyone turn into a zombie based on this. That's that's my guess. Fair enough. Rick wakes up in solid dream, and he goes back to his factory making ashtrays for the Rubbermaid Corporation, and there have been 30 days without an accident. <laughs> it's a bold new direction for the show. But yeah, sure, they came to the prison, and, you know, they're boarding up walls and getting everyone safe. So, you know, 30 days without an accident, done. Yeah. You know, if they go that long without, like, a zombie bite or a zombie attack or whatever, they're going to be kind of complacent. I, I really, I hope they up the threat of the zombies a little more this year, this season. I mean, last season, they were just kind of ancillary in the background, you know, compared to the, you know, Rick versus Governor throwdown. Uh, but I, I, I hope they really amp up the threat of the zombies. I mean, it really, at its core, it's a zombie show, you know, so I, I would appreciate more zombies in it, I guess. I think that'll work out if the show actually uses the prison. Like, this is one of my things about the last season, if like they use the prison more as a character. Like, it, I don't, I didn't feel like I got enough of the, you know, the as much as we're in the prison throughout season three and also Woodbury, I, I didn't get enough of really getting to know this prison environment that they're all in. And if we're still in the prison this season, which we obviously are, I'd like to, to you know see that more of a, of a focus as a real character on this, on this show. And by doing that, you know, the zombie threat is a big part of that. So I think, you know, those would go hand in hand. And our final bit of news for season four was an interview Robert Kirkman did with the Hollywood reporter. And I'll tell you some of the highlights from that there. Uh, They asked if Frank Darabont's run was described as nuanced and Mazera's was fast-paced, how will Scott Gimple's uh, tenure be described? And Robert Kirkman said, it's a much more character-based story. It's going to be more focused on who these characters are, what they're going through. To a certain extent, we got away from that a little bit in Season 3. Coming into Season 4, we're definitely going to know a lot more about these people, so it will be much more gut-wrenching and worse when we lose those characters. Do you think we're going to get any more flashback-type stuff going on to any clues as to who some of these folks were before the zombie apocalypse? 
I hope not, honestly. I mean, <laughs> as much as it's like, oh, we got all these new characters, we need to develop them. I, I hope we don't have to, you know, too much divergence from the plot at hand and somehow find a way to incorporate these people while still focusing on the core cast. It wouldn't bother me as long as it's only one or two, but I don't really expect them to. That hasn't really been something they do too often, only once or twice. The focus in the show is what happens to these people after the zombie apocalypse, not who they were beforehand. Um, and I think that's much more interesting. And I, and I think if there are flashbacks, it'd probably be closer to what we saw in, I think it was season two, where you flash back to just after the zombie apocalypse started, focusing yeah. on who these people are after everything went south. And those were few right. and far between even then. I mean, so I, I certainly don't think they're going to suddenly have a, you know, more of a shift to having more flashbacks, I, especially when you're, you're adding so much to the cast in the present. I don't know how much, I mean, do I need to see the Karen prequel story or something in the, in the season? I wouldn't think so. I would like to see them do more episodes if they only focus on a small group of characters For sure. rather than trying to juggle the entire ensemble in every episode. I really thought some of the better episodes last year, like you said, uh, uh, Clear, um, probably my favorite episode of the last season as well. I mean, focused on a very few characters interacting with one another. And I thought those were the, the better episodes. I think Gimple wrote that one, didn't he? Yes, he did. Uh, yes, he did, yeah. So, uh, I mean, that, I'm looking forward to, to things like that. I hope they do more of that. I mean, rather than have a flashback episode, you know, I mean, I'm one of my, another memorable episode, the episode where, uh, Daryl, you know, gets lost in the river and hurt and he, you know, hallucinates Merle. I think it was called Chupacabra. Chupacabra. Right. It focused on Daryl, you know, and kind of grew him as a character rather than flashing back to before the apocalypse, just kind of singling the characters out, you know, to go, you know, scavenging for, 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 um, you know, for food or whatever, you know, I mean, there are a lot of different ways to, you know, parse out different characters in, in different groups and have them interact well with one another rather than trying to juggle the entire cast in every episode, and make sure everybody has a, a character beat, you know? I think, um, as of like the third season, as much as I'd say it's probably the best season of the, sh- yeah, I'd say it's the best season at this point. I'd say it's the best season of the series. It, it certainly, it put itself in a position where the governor was such a, a big, a big thing. It was a huge threat, and it has a, the season has a focus because of that. It has Woodbury. That's the focus. We haven't seen season four yet. All we have is a preview to run off so far, but it's not like people in the audience for the Comic-Con panel for Siege Walking Dead were saying, oh, man, this season's going to be about this specific thing. Like, we don't have that anymore at this point. Well, we, I mean, for people that read the comic, there's certainly other things that are coming up, but the governor's such a larger-than-life presence that that's obviously, like, that's a huge thing to devote a season to, and I don't think season four has that going into it, so it'll be interesting to see where we do take the, you know, the season, this season of the show. Yeah, I really do think the governor's just going to be like a backburner-type story until, uh, like Russ said, the season break or the end of the, you know, the season itself. Um, I think they, you know, they have too many other interesting story elements they can move to than, than having to try to rehash all that again. The Hollywood Reporter then asked, how is the show different under Gimple's leadership? Kirkman said, well, more than any other showrunner, Scott actually read the comics regularly and was a huge fan before the show existed and watched the first season was a fan before he was brought on as a writer in season two. He absolutely loves the material. We are definitely going in some new directions, and this will continue to be a different take on the material from the comics. But there will possibly be some scenes that are a bit closer to the comic than we've done in the past. Season 4 probably has the most number of scenes that are adapted directly from the comic series or very close to what we did. A good deal of that is from Scott and the way he views the material and puts forth that extra effort to work it into the show in a way that all works. I mean, I'm surprised to hear that considering the way Season 3 ended uh, being so far from what happened in the, in the comics. 
But it could also be things like I was bringing up before, like Ben and Bill, where you can bring in a scene that took place in a completely different place with completely different characters and still have the same effect of that scene, the same pathos and ethos and effect on the characters around it without it being the exact same thing. Right, right. Yeah, that's most evident with like, like Rick losing Laurie and then how that plays out within season three during the reign of the governor still or during the governor's presence still like it yeah yeah it, i mean it, it can play around with these different ideas and different subplots and arcs and things for the different characters and ways that will be surprising to us hopefully right uh kirkman also confirmed that there is going to be a bit of a time jump he says some time has passed between seasons three and four it's only a few months we're not nailing down the exact number of days or anything like that so that answers our question of is it just 30 days it's definitely at least a couple of months Quite a growth spurt on Chandler Riggs there between uh, you know, over 30 days. That's what I was going to say. Every time jump is an excuse for Chandler Riggs to grow. That's that's, that's the reason we have a time <laughs> jump on this season. It's it's the Walt from Lost problem. <laughs> have, did you guys see the item on the website, which is Kirkman kind of behind the scenes of season four set, and they show him walking around the prison, and they show like how they've set up a makeshift a generator with a bunch of batteries, and they're starting to grow crops and things like that. And I saw, like, Rick feeding pigs. Like, they, they yeah. had a little bit of a farm set up. Yeah, he you was know, talking like, about brief, that. Brief glimpses of that in the trailer, too. You know, just see him kind of boxed areas yeah. where things are probably growing and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, there's you'll see, we're certainly yeah. seeing an evolution in the prison and what have you. Yeah, it's like a two-minute thing. I guess there's a new cell block that they're going to open up and show. Um, it, it's, it's worth checking out. I mean, Kirkman's always kind of a bit of a character to listen to him just talk about stuff uh and, it, and it's kind of a cool insight as to what we're going to see uh you know how the the crew and, and crew not not behind the scenes crew but the actual characters i should say are you know making this into a home and a community and you know tr- i guess maybe trying to recreate some of what they had in woodbury where they had food and water and shelter um but in a i, I guess they're they're feeling it's a much more secure setting because it is a prison so um, yeah, like I said, it's, it's like two and a half minutes. It's worth, it's, it's worth checking out. Cool. And so the last question they asked was, you're celebrating 10 years of The Walking Dead at Comic-Con this month. Given that Gimple is a big comics fan, could there be some elements of the current storyline that seep into the show sooner, given that Gimple sees the show as a remix of the comics? And they use the example of Negan, who's a character who, uh, per- who appears currently in the comics, and I won't say anything more about that. But Kirkman replied, it's definitely possible, but I wouldn't count on it. There are very cool things coming up in the comics that we might be desperate to try to work into the show sooner just because we all enjoyed them and think they're cool. Uh, I feel that those events and those characters don't really have weight or aren't really seen in the proper light if you haven't seen the things leading up to them. There's some stuff that we'd like to do in the show before we get to the current storyline in the comics. That stuff seems like it's still a ways off, and that was the end of the interview. Well, that's good. I'm glad they're not rushing to get to that material, you know what I mean? They're, they can take their time, they can expand the characters and uh, you know, tell a, a different you know, variation, you know, Earth 2 type story <laughs> uh, based on the comics, and it's great. I think something we talked about earlier is that they'd already burned through so many of the storylines of the comics in only three seasons of the show. We were a little worried that they were going to be in a rush to use up the material, uh, but luckily that seems not to be the case. Yeah, they got to pace themselves. Yeah. Well, so that is it for the news for Season 4 that I have with me today. We may be back for another news episode before the new season. We'll probably have at least another commentary or two, but Season 4 is almost upon us, gentlemen. Uh, how excited are you? I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I think I'm a lot more excited for season four than I was for season three, and I'm not sure why. 
uh, knowing the governor was coming in season three, knowing Michonne was coming in season three had me pretty excited. But I, I guess now that I know how well those characters were done and just seeing that trailer, I, I think I'm, I'm a little more amped up and excited for, for season four than I am for season three. I would say I'm about the same level of excited. I was pretty excited for season three just because I, I, I knew going into that. Well, at least at the time, I thought going into that season that you know we had a we had a straight season to work through as opposed to one that had problems like season two did. And um, and even then, I I think I had the same reaction to season two where I didn't know at the time that I, did any we didn't know at all, at all that Frank Darabont was having problems with the with AFZ during the production of season or like when season two was coming out. Am I correct on that? Uh, I think it was pretty sudden. We hadn't heard a lot about it. Yeah. So I mean, I, I just, I guess I'm just, I'm just very, I tend to be very optimistic about these things. And so going into season four, I'm just once again thinking, all right, well, we have, there's a new showrunner, sure, but it, it, from what I can tell, it seems like he's a person that cares about the show. I've seen, I mean, the work we've seen from him on the show so far has been pretty stellar, as we've mentioned clear a couple times already. But I mean, yeah, I, I just think the show. As opposed to certain shows where, you know, the first few seasons are generally the best ones. I think The Walking Dead's the kind of show that's been ironing out certain problems as it's gone along and it's beginning progressively better. I don't know if it's going, you know, I can't say if it's going to be the best season ever or if it's going to be as good as season three or as good as season two or something like that. But, I mean, going into it, I I don't see negatives out of this. I mean, I, I, there's nothing that I, I'm... I'm worried about necessarily. I, I like the new cast members already because I mean you gotta get a guy from the wire in there. Good for you. So there you go. And I mean we have these characters that we've been watching throughout the seasons as well, and they're only evolving and becoming you know better adjusted into this world of zombies. So you know I'm looking forward to it. I'm pretty excited as well. Um, I was I was excited going into season three knowing what story beats were coming up, and I'm even more excited going into season four not knowing what story beats are coming up. Um, and while, before we sign off, I just want to get everybody, uh, you know, on audio here. Who's going to be the first cast member killed in season four? Ooh, there's a question. I feel like from the trailer that Sasha was being set up to die. Uh, they were kind of furthering her along, giving her a few extra little beats, at least in the trailer, which granted is only a couple minutes long, but they had her kind of being awesome. And then they had a scene of Tyrese looking very distraught. I would not be entirely surprised if they build her up for an episode or two and then kill her to really impact uh, Tyrese. I'll say that the Green family has certainly been pretty safe the last couple seasons. So, well, uh, there, there's three. Well, gr- there's tell two- that to Herschel's leg. Yeah, I know, and there's... to to Maggie or to Maggie's just general psyche. There's there's three Greens going here, and that's that's a lot of one family to have around on one show. So I don't know if all the Greens are going to make it through the season. I agree with Jordan. I think it's going to be Sasha. Which is a shame, because I like Sasha, but yeah. hey, if it serves the show, it serves the show. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Dark Horse and pick Carol. Hmm. Ooh. I like how I'd be generally upset by that, because Carol's one of the few characters yeah. like I like on the show. I would too, and, <laughs> yeah. that's, why, and that's exactly why I picked yeah. her, Aaron. Exactly why. Interesting we all pointed at female characters, although I guess the Greens does include Herschel. Yeah, but I'm yeah, I'd probably more lean towards one of the others. I don't see Mr. Stucky uh, surviving the whole season, but I, I don't think he'll be the first to go. And also, there'll be a lot of extras because we know from the trailer that 14 people had died, 12 from walkers and two were murdered. So, I mean, there will be other people dying, but of the like main cast and the supporting cast, uh I don't know. Yeah, not not it's hard to say. Not dead shirts. <laughs> oh, I like that. Dead shirts, very nice. 
Well, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us on episode 95. We always love having you on the show. Where can our listeners find you, both uh, in podcast form and just generally on the internet? Uh, you, of course, find all the all of the episodes of the podcast I do at hhwld.com. It's the Out Now with Aaron and Abe podcast. Aaron, uh, my friend Abe and I, we discuss the weekly, the newest movies of the week on a weekly basis. Um, our, we have an upcoming episode, uh, actually, with our friend with Jim Dietz. Uh, he joined us to do a, a special commentary for the movie Pitch Black because the new movie Riddick is coming out soon. We're going to do an episode for that. And in general, um, I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS3, and you can also find me on the websites I write for. Uh, the code is Zeke.com and why so blue, blue as in Blu-ray.com. Very nice. Well, you can leave us a voicemail, 516-468-7912. That's 516-468-7912. Or you can always email us, comments at walkingdeadtv.com. Don't forget to check out hhwlod.com for all of our great shows like Half Hour Wasted, Long Box of Doom, The Black Box, Out Now with Aaron and Abe, Jersey Shore, Really BS, many others. We've just updated the website a little bit. It's still... uh, being completely finalized i still have to do a little bit more work on my end so if you see one walking dead link which doesn't have all the episodes just look over to your right where you see the feeds and that has all the episodes they're all still there i've just got to finish linking to everything you can follow us on twitter at wdtv podcast and at hhw lod underscore network and so until there's no more room left in hell and the dead walk the earth remember we can't wait till season four but we've got a lot of podcasting to do between then and now Have a good week, everybody. Remember, after the zombie apocalypse, they don't take shotgun shells, and they don't take American Express. Get that. Walking Dead Visa. (laughs) Or bottle caps, if you're playing Fallout. I just need to clear. Have a good week, everybody. The Walking Dead presents... Dead by Dawn. Dead by Dawn. What band had the song Dead by Dawn? <laughs> that one with the, uh, the guitar. You know, the guy with the hair? That one. Dead by Dawn. Dead by Dawn. Dead by Dawn. Hold on, I gotta Google this. Dead by Dawn band. Oh, Showbread. That's the one I'm thinking of. There's actually apparently several. Yeah, that's what I've just found. <laughs> Either bands called Dead by Dawn or songs called Dead by Dawn, but the one I was thinking of was uh, Showbread. I knew it was kind of a dumb metalcore thing. I know I'll all be dead by dawn. Look, look at the end of our show song right there. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> if I still have it. I, I know I had it at some point, but it's been years. A call back to nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if I, put, if I put this at the bloopers at the end. That is correct. The uh, Pittsburgh Comic Con. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Jim. You sound really... Cavey all of a sudden. Okay. Uh, that might have been better. All your uh, settings look normal. Yeah, everything's fine. I uh, yeah. Oh, okay, you're sounding better now. It might have just been a weird uh, connection flux. Skype. Connection yeah. flux. I think I saw them open for Rush, man. Yeah, <laughs> wow, back show. in the eighties. <laughs>